I'm going to invite our guest speaker, Elvin, to come on up here. Um, you might notice that Elvin uh, is similar in appearance and DNA to a member of our congregation, Nelson, who's always uh, blessing us from uh, Cameron Villas. And Elvin comes to us from Calvary Chapel, Philadelphia. This is a brother in Christ, and, uh, and I don't... Yes, yes. He blessed us with a wonderful word the other night, and I don't mind telling you that when your pastor was at a very down point a couple of years ago... Um, Elvin's one of the guys that I went to this prayer house in Calvary Philly and this is one of the men responsible for helping one of the men responsible for helping scrape me off the floor yes it happens to your pastor sometimes and uh, so it was a blessing and I know that the Lord is going to speak through him today so Father in heaven we just thank you thank you again for your presence thank you for the worship thank you for the prayer Uh, thank you for the fellowship thank you for all these things that are glimpses of heaven And especially, Father, as we take a look at this passage today, we just pray an anointing upon our brother, a fresh filling of your spirit, open eyes, open ears, open hearts, speak, word of God, speak, in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Thank you, John. Can everybody hear me all right? So we'll be in Isaiah chapter 6, if you haven't turned there already, if you could turn there, Um, and... uh, just going to pray real quick over the message. So, Father, we uh, do thank you, Father, for this time together. We pray that, Father, you, you would show up in a mighty way. Father, that you would speak to us through your word. Father, that you would pierce our hearts, Lord, with your word. What we know not, teach us. What we see not, show us. And, Father, help me to be faithful to your word. We pray in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. All right, so I, w- I wanted to take a look. I'm not used to this mic, but I wanted to take a look at um, Isaiah chapter 6 uh, today. Um, it's always, I think, uh, good to uh, get a picture of who God is. So this message, there won't be must much in this message about you and me. We want to kind of take the focus away from us and put it on God. And so... We just want to see um, who, who this God is. And so Isaiah uh, takes us to a, um, one of the throne room scenes in heaven. And Isaiah chapter 6, uh, beginning at verse 1, says, In the year that King Uzziah died. Now, King Uzziah reigned on the throne for 52 years, and he died in 740 uh, B.C. And um, there was perplexity and anxiety, and you have a ruler that uh, reigned for 40 or for 52 years, and he, uh, he died of leprosy, and, and all the people were like, well, who's going who's gonna to lead us now? And there's perplexity, there's anxiety, and Isaiah... In the midst of this uh, uncertainty and perplexity and anxiety, Isaiah wants to give us a fresh picture of who God is. And I think uh, that we need that in today. Uh, we, uh, you know, we just un- heard, you know, last week about the terrible tragedy that happened at the school and many other. Uh, things that are happening in our country, and I think it's important 
for us as these tragedies happen to get a good look at who is still on the throne. That who is sovereign. And so we need to, in the middle of our uh, grief and, and, and in the middle of our anxiety, in the middle of our uncertainty, we need to just take a look at who is still on the throne. So in the year that uh, King Uzziah died, he says, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne. Now I saw the Lord, he says. Notice that's uh, capital L, lowercase o-r-d, which is not God's covenant name, Yahweh. It's, it's Adonai. This is his title. He says, I saw the sovereign one. I saw the ruler. I saw the king. In the middle of all his uncertainty, he looked up and somehow was transported supernaturally to the throne room and he saw the sovereign one. And what's he doing? He's sitting on a throne. Notice he's sitting. He's not pacing back and forth. He's not wringing his hands. He's not scratching his head wondering what to do next. He's not full of anxiety. He's not taxed in any way. God, who spoke this universe into existence, could have made a million universes, and it wouldn't tax him in any way. I like to say God rules this universe with his feet up. You say, why does he do that? Because he can. (laughs) So he sees the Lord. And we know from uh, the Gospel of John that he saw the pre-incarnate Christ sitting on the throne before Bethlehem, before Jerusalem. Before Nazareth, he sees the sovereign one sitting on a throne. You say, how do you know that? Because John says that no one can see God and live. So it's a picture of Christ. And, 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 and he's sitting on a throne. And, and where is he? He's high and lifted up. He's high and lifted up. This, listen, this message is about holiness, the holiness of God. When I say holiness through this message, you think separate because God is nothing like us. We are nothing at all like God. He is in a place of his own. He's self-sustaining. He's in a place that's high and lifted up. But what happens is our sinful bent is to take The place of God is to deify man and humanize God. Bring God down and bring us up. But this is a picture of where we need to be looking at to put God in his rightful place, seated on a throne, high and lifted up, worthy of all praise, honor, and glory. None of the praise to me, none of the glory to me, none of the honor to me, all to God. He's holy. He's holy. And he says, 
He's high and lifted up. And the next, uh, are you looking in your Bibles? The next line, he says, and the train of his robe filled the temple. The train of his robe filled the temple. Now, I'm sure some of you ladies in here that have gotten married before, uh, uh, when you got married, you had a wedding dress and the, you know, your bridesmaid had to help you because you had a little bit of a train coming from behind you. Your robe had a train on it. And it's a symbol of honor. It's your day of honor. And that's why you wore uh, uh, the train coming back from the, uh, the back of your dress. Uh, June 2nd, 1953. Were you there? Did you know what happened? It was the coronation of Queen Elizabeth. And her, uh, her robe, her, her dress, her train went from the beginning, from the front of Westminster Abbey, all the way out the back door of Westminster Abbey. You say, who she thinks she is, the Queen of England? Well, as a matter of fact, she is. It was her day. It was something to show honor. So let's see what it says about the Lord's robe. It says it filled the temple. Filled the temple. Because he's due honor and glory. Now, I want to take you quickly over to Ezekiel. When's the last time you were in Ezekiel? It's four books over. We're going to take a look, a quick look, at a different throne room scene. So in the first, uh, uh, in the first verse, uh, oh, I'm sorry, Ezekiel chapter 1. And in the first verse it says, Now it came to pass in the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day of the month, as I was among the captives by the river uh, Chebar, that the heavens were opened, and I saw visions of God. Now, you, you see what he's saying here, on the thirteenth year, in the fourth month, on the fifth day, as I was among the captives, sitting just a regular old day, sitting by the river, and he remembers exactly what day it was, exactly what month it was, exactly what year it was. Because he saw, he got a picture, he was uh, uh, transported to the throne room. And so the first up to the 26th verse tells us what he sees. And then in the 26th verse, if you go over there, uh, the word likeness will be used 10 times and the word appearance 17 times. In the whole first chapter, and he's like above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne in appearance, like a sapphire stone on, on the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of, and he's all through this, he's like this, and appearance this, and, 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 and it's this like, and, it's, and, it, and uh, what's wrong, Ezekiel? I've never saw anything like it before in my life. He's describing something that's indescribable. And we're losing 
I think we're losing in the church a picture of God's holiness, preferring the comfort and the nearness of his grace and mercy, which are awesome attributes of God. The core of God's being is holiness. And we're losing a picture of that in the church. He's sovereign. He's on the throne. He's the ruler. Now, in verse 2, back to Isaiah chapter 6. And in this, in this verse, we'll see that holiness demands caution. Holiness demands caution. He says, uh, uh, he, you know, he, he has nothing more to say about... Uh, you know, the Lord sitting on the throne and, and, and his robe filling the temple. He goes on to say, he's a, he goes on to something else. He says, verse 2, he says, above it stood the seraphim, the seraph, the, literally the burning ones. Each one had six wings. With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he flew. You say, with two, he covered his face. You say, why is he covering his face? Lest he see God. With two, he covered his feet. Why is he covering his feet? Lest God see him. Revelation says that his, that God's, his eyes are like a burning fire. And, and, and then he says, and with two, he flew. So they're ever standing to serve the seated sovereign. Ever standing to serve the seated sovereign. And they do it totally and they do it completely. And they never stop. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy Holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. He's holy. He's separate. He's nothing like us. And he's in control. Let's take a look, if you would. Keep your finger there. I'm sorry that I'm jumping around, but I think it's uh, important that we get a look at these different throne room scenes we're going to go to Revelation chapter 4 this is the apostle John writing in Revelation chapter 4 gives us another throne room scene and he says after these things I looked And behold, a door standing open in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, and I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately, I was in the Spirit. And behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne. And he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardis stone, in appearance 
And there was a rainbow around the throne in appearance like an emerald. And around the throne were 24 thrones. And on the thrones I saw 24 elders uh, sitting, clothed in white robes. Uh, And that word white there is the same uh, word that was used uh, to describe Jesus in the transfiguration when he transfigured in front of uh, Peter, James, and John. And he says, clothed in white robes, and they had crowns of gold on their heads. Yeah, not for long. And from the throne proceeded lightnings, thunderings, and voices. Seven lamps of fire were burning before the throne, which are, are the seven spirits. Before the throne, there was a sea of glass like crystal. And in the midst of the throne and around the throne were four living creatures full of eyes in front And in back, the first living creature was like a lion, the second living creature uh, like a calf, the third living creature had a face like a man, and the fourth living creature was like a flying eagle. And the four living creatures, each having six wings, were full of eyes around and within, and they do not they do not rest day or night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down, Before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. They fall down and they cast their crowns in front of the Lord. No glory to me. No, no attention to me. Everything goes to God. He gets all the honor. He gets all the glory. He gets all the praise. John the Baptist says, I must decrease and he must increase. Here's the problem. Our sinful bent, we think we must increase and he must decrease. And that's the sinful nature of man. And so we need to get a, 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 a picture of this God that we serve on the throne. Back to Isaiah chapter 6. So after we hear the cry, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. Romans chapter 1 says that, uh, that, that the earth declares his glory. That, that everything you see in this earth shouts, there's a God, there's a God. Except we exchange the truth for a lie. And we worship the creator, or the, the creature instead of the creator. And that's our human sinful bent and he says verse 4 
and the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. God must have said something there, and the doors were shaken. The posts of the doors were shaken by the voice of him. That's a, that's a pretty incredible scene. I'm always apprehensive when I hear people say, you know, when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God a thing or two. <laughs> in Revelation, John sees this. John see, is taken up in the spirit, and he, and he sees this whole scene, and his reaction is, I fell on my face. I didn't kneel. I fell. That's, that's the awesomeness of God. That's the God we serve. In the midst of tragedy, he's still on the throne. He's still on the throne. So Isaiah in, ver- in verse 5 says, So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone. You, that, 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 that's the reaction. When you get a good picture, a true, good, biblical picture of who God is, your only reaction can be, whoa, woe is me. I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. There's only one reaction when you see God in His holiness, in, 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 uh, in His word as He's described. And you see His holiness, His perfection. And you take an honest look at your life. This is the only reaction. I'm a sinful human being. And God is a holy God. And he's a just God. And he's a merciful God. And he's a gracious God. But holiness demands that sin must be paid for. Then love can have its way. Then his love has its way. Holiness is the core of God's being. So verse 6, he says, Then one of the seraphim, the seraph, the, the burning ones, flew to me, having in his hand a live coal, which he had taken with the tongs from the altar. So this burning one needs to use tongs to grab a burning coal from the altar. I, I, I'm not saying, mu- look, when I, get, when I get to heaven, my, it, it's, I, I'm not going to have any complaints. Ah, why didn't you do this at this time? And why didn't you do this at this time? And that this awesome scene is going to put me right on my face. I'm going to want to cover myself. 
And so he, he, he takes uh, uh, with tongs from the altar, verse 7, and he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. He, this is a picture showing us something only God can do. We were born dead in our sins and in our trespasses. We, I don't, I don't know if you know it or not, but we are a people of unclean lips. We are sinners that need a Savior. And He is the only one that can purge us and cleanse us of our sin. I can never, or we could never, ever be good enough to, to purge us of our sins. This has to be something that is done uh, uh, by God Almighty. So, I'm going to take us to one more scene. We get, we've gotten a picture. So, oh, I'm sorry. Let's stay there for a minute. In Isaiah chapter 6, he says, Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? And who will go for us? Then I said, Here am I. Send me. And he said, Go and tell this people. Keep on hearing, but do not understand. Keep on seeing, but do not perceive. Make the heart of this people dull and their ears heavy and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return and be healed. So, Isaiah in the last in uh, the last in verse eight, the Lord's asking, "Whom shall I send, and who will go for us?" Then I said, "Here I am, send me." So before the Lord sends you into ministry, before you go, you got a woe. You got a woe, man. You got to understand your own depravity. You got to understand your own sinfulness and you got to understand that you need to be you and I need to be cleansed by God and when we understand our own depravity and our own sin then we can go but you can't go until you will let's take one more trip and we're going to go to Luke chapter 2 And let's read from uh, chapter 2, verse 1. It says, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. So notice it, it's, t- it's given us clues to uh, uh, when this happened. Um, 
uh, the decree went out uh, from Caesar Augustus, and it, the census took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. This happened in a real place. This didn't happen in a galaxy far, far away. This didn't happen in Narnia. This is a real place, Syria. Okay? And he says, verse 2, the census first took place, or I'm sorry, verse 3, so all went to be registered, everyone to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee out of the city of Nazareth into Judea, the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room uh, there was no room for them in the inn. I wanted to read this because we took a we took a look at God sitting on the throne, the holy one, the sovereign one, the king. And because of his love for you and me, he came as a child. This is the sovereign. You, you understand who this is? This is the sovereign one. He went, uh, he, he came down, and he was born as a child in a filthy manger. He wasn't born in the, in, in, in the Hilton High, in the, best, in the best of the best. He came, and he was born in a filthy manger. Do you see what I'm saying here? The highest one got lowest. The highest one got lowest. And he did that for you and me. Not only that he's sovereign and he's holy and he's in control, but he so loved the world that he gave his only son. That whosoever should believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. He says, if you believe that today, that this holy God that dwells in unapproachable light, that is an all-consuming fire, loves us so very much that he comes and, be, and, and is born and, and, and becomes a man, becomes a child, and he became the suffering servant. He was only interested in doing the Father's will. It was not about his will. He knelt and washed the disciples' feet. I say to you, do you, do, do, do you know, I, I just want to read one more thing. We're going we're to get to the end of this. I'm going to go... Back to Revelation chapter 20. Revelation chapter 20. 
Then I saw the angel coming down from heaven, having the key to the bottomless pit and the great and a great chain in his hand. And he laid hold of the dragon, uh, the, that serpent of old, who was who is the devil and Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. And he cast him into the bottomless pit and shut him up and set a seal on him, so that he should, uh, so that he should deceive the nations no more till the thousand years were finished. But after these things, he must be released for a while. And I saw the thrones and they that sat on them. And judgment was committed to them. Then I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded for their witnesses to Jesus and for the word of God, and who, had, who had not worshipped the beast or his image, and had not received his mark on their foreheads or on their hands. And they, they lived and reigned with Christ for a thousand years, but the rest of the dead did not live again until a thousand years were finished. This is the first resurrection. Blessed and holy is he who has part in the first resurrection. Over such the second death has no power, but they shall be priests of God and of Christ and shall reign with him a thousand years. Shall reign with him a thousand years. Now when the thousand years have expired, Satan will be released from his prison. He will go out to deceive the nations which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle whose number is, at, is as the sand of the sea. I'm going to jump down to verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, a great white throne depicting pure, uh, purity, uh, and him who sat on it, from whose face the earth and the heavens fled away, and there was found no place for them. And I saw the dead and small, great, small and great, standing before God, and books were opened. Did you know there were books in heaven? Did you know, you, you need to know about these books. You need to know about these books. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the, jed, and the dead were judged according to their works by the things uh, which were written in them. There are books in heaven. Is your name in the book of life? While we're living, this is the period of grace. When we go on, when we die in this life, you know what else dies with us? Grace. No more grace. No more mercy. Or if Christ comes back before them. Christ has given us a period of time. And it's now. Today, he says. Today is the day of salvation. He wants to know if your book, if your name is in the book of life. If you have never received Christ. If you have never trusted Christ. If you have never believed with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength that this holy, holy, holy God come to be born in a manger, to live a sinless life, to die a criminal's and sinner's death, to pay a debt that we couldn't pay, 
If you have, if you have never trusted him, this awesome God, this sovereign God, If you haven't trusted him, I'm going to ask you today. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. I'm going to say, if you want to trust Jesus Christ right now, if the Lord has moved, his, his, his spirit has moved in your heart, and, he say, and, and your heart is telling you, man, this sounds right. I, 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 I really want to know this Jesus. I want to know this Jesus who gave his life for me so that I could be saved from the hands of an angry and sovereign God. If you want to know Jesus Christ today, you have never committed your life to him, 